Thanks for joining us here on Pretty Spiritual, where we're attempting the unthinkable about how to navigate this messy, beautiful, imperfect life with spiritual tools, what principles, and our own personal stories. So we're not experts. We're not religious. We're definitely silly. We're honest, real, and willing to share. So join us as we connect, bond, and grow together. Everyone, it's my pleasure today. We are going to bring into the light the topic of meditation. Specifically, we're going to talk about how to meditate, um, how to start a meditation practice, and for us to share what our meditation looks like in real life application. Very exciting. I'm personally very excited. (laughs) Can you tell? We often refer to meditation as being a top priority tool. We thought that it would be useful to outline and describe our ways of meditating, plus the how and the why of its usefulness in our daily lives. I love to start with a few misconceptions about meditation just to clear the mind and ease the judgments of what we think we know about meditation. Because I've known so much for so long. (laughs) Why would I ever need to start or do? Thank goodness we've got an expert. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Here are some things that I looked up that they say. God bless the experts wherever they are. That's right. (laughs) Bless them. So some misconceptions about meditation would be that you have to clear your mind to meditate. This is actually the number one myth and the cause of many people giving up in frustration. Let me just say, I definitely can't clear my mind to meditate. And that's great news because we don't have to. Another misconception is that it takes years of dedicated practice to receive any benefits from meditation. When the truth behind this is that benefits are immediate, even if it doesn't feel like it, and long-term. Scientific studies provide evidence that meditation has profound effects on the mind-body physiology within just a few weeks of practice. Another one is, I don't have enough time to meditate. That old great misconception. We all know so much, the (laughs) not enough time for anything. In life's paradoxical way, when we spend time meditating on a regular basis, we actually have more time. I can attest. So annoying how that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You just wouldn't believe it until you tried it. Amen. Right off the top, I'm just going to share some quick tips with you on how to get mentally prepared for meditation, because why not? We're already thinking, you know what? I don't like your meditation. I don't want my meditation. Forget you all. (laughs) So let's just talk right now about some quick tips. Meditation does not clear the mind, at least not at first. And typically what happens is the mind may revolt, throw a tantrum. I'm constantly throwing tantrums, Mm -hmm. it turns out. I see now. To sit and notice and observe your thoughts for the first time may be overwhelming, especially if you have a mind like mine. Notice the experience without judgment and attempt to breathe through it. And then another great tip is just keep it short. When starting meditation, starting for just three minutes, many suggest to start with 15 or 20 and that if you're new, that's long. It is too long. Too much. Oh my God. I get so cranky. Getting yourself into position into a consistent way to help build the habit and your tolerance for the, I don't want us. Mm -hmm. Three minutes is great. One minute. One minute. That's meditation, baby. So great. We're going to share our own personal journeys with meditation, how we began, our hangups, maybe even some triumphs, what it's 
was like then and how it is now, present time. We might even share some of our own personal meditations and the benefits we feel we've gained with our meditation attempts and practices. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Ella, would you love to start us off? Oh, you know I would. I was just remembering when you were sharing about when we start trying to meditate and we're like, I'm doing it wrong. My mind is so busy going down all these paths that our brain is taking us down. And in Zen, there's a a story, a teaching story that I heard or teaching phrase that I heard pretty early on, which was, how do you tame an angry bull? And the suggestion is give it a wide pasture so that however much it needs to run around and exert itself and go down funny paths, you just let it because the pasture is wide enough for it to do whatever it needs to do. I was also told very early on that judging meditation is extra. The words that they used in the the spiritual community where I was was don't qualify your meditation. Don't qualify it with good or bad or working or not working. Just do it. And then when you do qualify, just okay, I qualified it. How do I not believe the things that I'm thinking about it right now? I have some humble meditation beginnings. I was physically sober, but like really, really sad and unhappy and non-functional. And I remember my dad, who's been practicing Soto Zen Buddhism for probably like 25 or 30 years at this point, came into my room and I was in like a deep, wallowy kind of place. Mm. And he was suggesting meditation and I got genuinely offended. I was like... Rude. It's clear you don't know the darkness that's inside. Please don't try to apply your tools to it because it's not going to work. And then I tried, something inside me was like just unhappy enough that I was willing to go on YouTube and try a guided meditation. So, with all of that training and experience, I then decided to move to a Zen monastery. (laughs) Extreme. Yeah, which happened like a couple weeks later. And the truth is that I moved there because I was probably going to kill myself if I didn't do something. And that was the thing that I thought to do. What I started experiencing when I was in a position where I was basically, I don't want to say forced, but I was strongly encouraged to meditate twice a day, is that I really got to experience my mind. And like Lindsay was saying, it was terrifying and awful. And so, you know, the beginning of my experience with meditation was really, really uncomfortable. It was this really... It was this really horrible experience of, I feel worse. Why are you doing this to me? Like, why am I doing this to myself? And initially it was, we were talking about at the beginning, it was this experience of like having a front row seat to like all of this judgment and delusion and suffering, but feeling like there was nothing I could do to change it. And when I brought that up with my Zen teacher, she was like, yep, that's how it starts. Like you're on the right track. And I was like, for some reason it was comforting enough. And I practiced Zen meditation, Zazen for, you know, years, a couple times a day. And what started shifting for me after I, after the panic attacks and the anxiety and the dread and the judgment started to subside a little bit is that I started to find this like really safe anchorage inside my own body. What I didn't know before (laughs) I signed up for this spiritual journey and like meditation extravaganza at the (laughs) monastery is that meditation, at least in the school I was practicing, means that you're actually 
coming into your body. And I was hoping against hope that I could use meditation as like a spiritual bypass to just get away from being a human. So it's been so perfect that I've actually used meditation in the opposite way. And, and it's, even though coming back into my body was so scary and uncomfortable and it felt so unsafe at first, it has shifted for me into this, this really kind of ever present anchor to safety and truth. I guess that's what I said about meditation. I would love to hear what Annie has to say about meditation. Thank you, Ella. How long did you live at the Zen Monastery that first time? Uh, It was about two and a half years on and off. Interesting. So funny how we end up here. (laughs) Or there. Or there. (laughs) My experience with meditation at first was totally unintentional. My sister and I, I was in my very early 20s. My friend's mom recommended we go to Spirit Rock to this four-night, five-day silent meditation retreat. And she said, and I quote, it's better than any acid trip. And that really appealed to me. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. Wow. And I, I knew nothing about meditation. I knew nothing about Spirit Rock. I didn't know. I wasn't really looking for spirituality. I just was like, all right. And so I sign up, and I was in so over my head. I had never not talked before. (laughs) Certainly not for five days straight while sitting multiple times a day. It was this crash course, and it was was really overwhelming, and it planted a seed. So I left uh, the the retreat, and it had appealed to me. There was some flashes of connection that felt good, and I tried in this kind of stumbling way to apply it in my life, but it just didn't stick. I didn't have the dedication or the drive or even anything really pushing me to it. I was too busy (laughs) being 21. (laughs) Fast forward a decade and I get hit a bottom in my life and I start on this spiritual journey and meditation is one of the tools suggested to me. And I was at this time really gripped with anxiety and sitting still, this kind of panic would consume me. Mm-hmm. And But I also knew that I had this experience with it in the past and that there had been some good feelings. And so I would set a timer on my phone for two minutes because I I couldn't bear to sit still. And if there was a timer, I felt safe and I felt contained, like I knew it would end, mm-hmm. basically. And I would just sit there on my bed and feel miserable for two minutes, but I would do it. And then I stopped. I was like, oh, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> so then fast forward about three years and I'm living in another city and I, my higher power plants me in a house with a woman who has a transcendental meditation practice morning and night. And every day she would invite me to join her and every day I'd say, no, thank you. <laughs> Please stop asking. And no, thank you. <laughs> Um, she would meditate for 20 minutes each time and find every once in a while I would join her and it was nice to sit next to somebody and I wasn't alone and also again there was that containment I knew when it was going to end at a set amount of time even though I felt 20 minutes was far too long but it was helpful because over months I eventually started saying yes more mm-hmm. and then I eventually just started taking it to my own space and I just started doing it by with between me and my higher power every day. And it kind of, there's this shift that occurred where it became part of my practice of like, 
what if I can actually commit to doing this every day? What what would it be like? Because I was a big fan of never committing to anything. <laughs> so it's gone through so many changes. It's gone through periods of feeling like glorious, like I can feel this like golden honey kind of like drip down my brain and I feel so gentle and then connection. And it's gone through months where it just feels like a chore, mm-hmm. you know, and I just sit there and I'm like, ugh, chore, chore time. <laughs> I was getting resentful when you were like, drippy honey. I was like... <laughs> Who's ever experienced that? Wow. Sounds great. And then, so my brain, of course, is like, Ella was saying, I'm doing it wrong. If I I want that golden honey back. Where did the honey go? Give me the honey. (laughs) And now it's at this point where I'm like, I get what I get. And I get to just show up. There was periods where I was just doing it because I had pride in the fact that I could say that I did it every day. You know, I was like, that made me feel good, which also... Sometimes I just need reasons to actually be consistent. So if that's going to help me along, uh, that's fine too. The thing, um, I'm only about four and a half years into this journey of a daily meditation practice. But I, what I see over time is that it's, this, it's an investment in me and my relationship with like having a spiritual relationship with what I consider to be God. And even if sometimes it's so confusing... I just keep doing it because if I look back over time, all it's done has improved my life. Mm-hmm. There hasn't ever been a like really negative part of having this practice. So I'm like, what if I can just keep showing up and trust that even if sometimes it doesn't give me what I think I want, that this is a commitment to myself, to my community, and also um, to my relationship with God. So that's what it looks like now and how it's kind of changed over time. What about you, Pony? Oh, thank you so much, both of you, for sharing. I related so much to all of it. And just beginning, I didn't realize it until Ella was like, oh, yes, like we transcend our body and we're off in another place. Acid trip. (laughs) Sign me up. And what I kind of am realizing, like sitting here and having this conversation is that I was still really hoping that I was going to like transcend my body. Mm-hmm. So as Ella said that, I'm like, oh, dang. And <laughs> I'm going to transcend my body and I'm going to just get out of all this mess that I can't sit with or handle these feelings. I can't be here. I'm just going to escape all of that through meditation. And also how I get there is I do this every day and then I am a worthwhile person the more days in a row that I get that ticks Mm -hmm. up on my little counter that I have for days. And this has gone on for a really long time, almost presently, let's say, which is really cool to recognize that I've had these beliefs going into meditation, like it was a suggestion that I really didn't like, and I I just didn't take it for many, many, many years. And then I had some future, I would kind of dabble in them. Um, but again, I... I've had this idea that I need to fix myself. I need to fix myself now. And what is the thing, what is the tool that is going to fix me right now and make me a better person right now? And so, of course, after like a day or two of meditating, it was very clear that that wasn't the tool. Useless. I would completely... (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Uh, Yes, on to the next. Whatever it takes. I will do it for a short amount of time as long as it makes me better today, right now, immediately. (laughs) And... What an amazing thing that having a meditation practice that is imperfect, that is uncomfortable, that doesn't look like how I want it to look, has actually taught me more than I could ever imagine 
anything teaching me if it would have only gone my way. So all of this just to say that the days were more important to me on the counter. Mm -hmm. And checking this off, whether I felt like it was a chore or that I was transcending this life and body, of course, you know, maybe I've had a couple of those. When it was good, it was really good and I was glad. And then when it was bad, it was really bad and I hate it and I was mad. But I've gotten more willing to go and sit and have an experience. So I'm very grateful for getting into the position of being willing to meditate, being more curious of what it can look like without my judgments and my thinking about it. Because when my timer, you know, I was on a roll. And my timer had me up to almost 45 days. And I was like, this is it. Killing it. I am amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Oh, wow. And I shall be well. As soon as this gets to 365 days where Mm. I meditate every day, that is when. You know, I've also made the laws or the rules of how this is going to look. And I really, really believe them. And then I don't see my beliefs. And then I'm, you know, I'm just here checking stuff off and being kind of unconscious about it. Tara Brock says sometimes you put your tush in your cush (laughs) and you get what you get. That was something that she said. And it's these little bits and pieces where I would see someone in my community and she was really fiery like me. And we always related so much to each other. And I remember thinking, boy, that person needs a lot of help. (laughs) We're a lot alike. And then she would show up and she talked about how meditation had changed her life. That was really a a big piece where I would think of her and I would go, you know, it's one of those, well, if she can do it, maybe I can do it. Mm -hmm. So it was really tiny incremental steps towards just getting myself into the position, whatever it looked like. And then all of the things that I've got to learn along the way. Today, I'm actually having all of this come in and like seeing myself throughout however many days, you know, my timer's back up to 33, everyone. And um, (laughs) (laughs) what I'm realizing actually is that I want this to be more of something that brings me closer to spirit. I want this to be something that I interact with as a tool to help me to be with what is here instead of trying to transcend what is here. Mm-hmm. And even in the sa- saying that, like my toes just tingled. I was like, oh no, oh God. Mm. So we'll see. Pretty accessible, you guys, right? <laughs> I mean, you can probably relate to all of this. <laughs> what, the other part that I loved so much, Annie, that you were talking about is that... so. I was a complete mess, and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to go. I'd never meditated. I didn't even know, but I was like, maybe I'd like seen in a magazine or something how, you know, the meditation is good for you. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go on a 10-day sit. And I was telling my cousin's husband this, and he just looks at me deadpan, and he was like, how about you try to sit one time? And I was like... Oh, jerk. But uh, no, he's so, he is know, the most reasonable person in my, he's like the one person that I always listen to. And I was like, oh, you know, and I look back at that and I just getting again with like all this time and this sitting and being with myself, seeing that I am an extremist, you know, to the max. And I want a lot of instant gratification. And this is a really beautiful practice where I can witness all of that, perhaps if I. I'm conscious enough. We'll see. Okay. In the second half of our episode, our spiritual toolbox party. So now is the fun part where we share the practical elements of how we actually meditate. Where do we do it? When do we do it? What does it look like? What actions do we take, beloved Ella? So great. I'm just going to go off the cuff and tell you guys what's really happening. Because <laughs> oh, when we were, when I was getting ready for this episode quite a while ago, <laughs> I... I was like, oh, this is the time for me to like 
share Zazen. But what I was just realizing looking over my notes before we started today is that there was this deep kind of lack of trust Mm -hmm. that I knew how to encompass and convey this practice. And I was like, not consciously, but oh my God, what if the Zen community listens to this? And they're like, she lived at Tassajara for that long and she still doesn't know what Zazen is. Like, Three out of five stars. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for her on the internet. Definitely leaving a comment on that. <laughs> I hope you do, everyone. <laughs> Just kidding, don't. I'll, I mean, do what you got to do. <laughs> Listen to your heart and speak from there. <laughs> and so I like took all these notes on the right way to practice Zazen and Shikantaza. And it was a slightly fulfilling experience only because all of the stuff that I was reading was like, that happened to me. Nodding along while reading experiences. Even when I don't want to meditate, the reason I trust that doing it is beneficial anyway is because I've seen the benefits in my life where I'm less reactive and I'm more available to myself and my own needs, whether they're physical or emotional, and to those around me, to life, more forgiving and compassionate toward myself and other people. And also sometimes once in a while, maybe I hope have a sense of humor. So here is what just happened. We were all together here. We're at my house. I was telling Lindsay how I've been having such a hard time with the podcast website that I've been trying. First time, first time I ever tried to build a website, didn't think I could do it. I made something and I've been like trying to railroad WordPress, which is this website building platform into doing what I wanted to do. I'm like, I shall command the internet (laughs) and the internet is not listening to me. It's very frustrating. And I've been finding myself getting like really hijacked by the idea of how it should be. And and so I was telling Lindsay this stuff and Annie came in and she she has her coffee and she's like, hey, I had this really great idea for a way that we can like Oh my help. gosh, how funny. I'm just going for it. How we can help people find us. And and she suggested this really great thing about Instagram. This, I had no idea you guys were talking about I that. know. <laughs> I tried, everybody. Is it okay that I'm talking yes, about okay, okay. We yeah. need this. We need no, this. No, I didn't it's know real, that backstory. It's real so time. Real, real time, time real life. So I, I kind of like went inside, like this hijack happened, you know, right? And I, for me, meditation, the like, the point, the experience, the benefit at its heart for me is this integration between my thoughts and my body, my heart and my mind, all of these, my higher power and myself, whatever, myself and other people, whatever the, it heals this kind of separation that exists in such a like core way inside of me. And after a couple minutes, I said something like, I'm really freaked out by what you just said, Annie, to let the ladies in on what was happening inside of me because I was just kind of like shutting down. Thank you guys for both being safe enough for me to just real-time experience stuff. I came back into my body and I I was kind of feeling low-key dread anxiety feeling, but it was kind, it was in my head mostly. And it was it, it was like myself going down all these paths of how like it's not enough and all the things I have to do and how it's not going to work and how I don't know how and I should, but I don't and it's bad and what do I do? Then we prayed. We pray before we record episodes and we said this prayer and I came back into my body and I was like, oh, there's this like lump of dread in my like gut, heart area. And we said a prayer and I was like, oh, that feels better. And so I was just kind of hanging out in my body and remembering that it was safe in here and that I could 
I can trust myself when I'm integrated like that to not to like always get it right, but to come from a place of sincerity and authenticity. And after I was came into my body, I could kind of relate in a different way to the thoughts I was having. And so I was kind of asking myself, what am I believing right now? And it was a lot of the same kind of stuff that came up when I was, what if I don't know how to talk about Zazen right? I don't trust myself. I don't think I know enough. I don't think I'm doing enough. I think I should already know how to do things that are like totally new to me. And I have to do it all myself. Never tell anyone else what this experience is like because they can't know that you're a human and that it's hard. I would bet that probably a lot of people have that experience where we think we're supposed to already have mastered a skill or a lesson and we haven't. Or we're afraid we're not enough and we don't want other people to find out that we have that fear. I know this was an off-the-cuff share that didn't really talk too much about what meditation looks like for me or how to practice sazen. Go to our tools page. We've got a bunch of people (laughs) who can talk about that and help you out. (laughs) What I intend to demonstrate with sharing this experience is that is the fruits of meditation that didn't used to happen for me. That started happening for me because I made a commitment to bring my body and my heart and my mind to the same place as each other and then to keep trying to connect them to keep coming back the result is that i woke something up inside of me by doing that helps me even when i'm not intending it to take over kick in or whatever i'm so glad that i didn't have to have like a meltdown or like any more angry time comments you know i could just try to talk about what was happening and then come into my body and ask be curious about like what what's happening right now that's all beautiful real life practice thank you so much thanks ella (laughs) i love what you're sharing about bringing together your heart and your mind and your body all at the same time and then having that example of it i get tripped up by this thing this thing triggers me but then here's how i notice it and here's how i can move through it and setting of it hiding away inside i think uh, for me the times I really want to avoid meditation or why it can be an obstacle to me at times is I don't want to feel what's happening. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. And I I know that when I sit still, it's scary. And I think maybe that is the case for a lot of people of avoiding meditation. And we tell ourselves all these reasons why, but really it's hard to just feel stuff. So scary. Oh, here I am. I have two tools and one of them is patience. And I was listening to both of you talk, and I want stuff to feel good immediately yesterday. I have to have the patience to sit still in meditation, but I have to have the patience for slow, slow, slow change. (laughs) Which I learn in meditation, too, is the patience. Learn to be patient. So that my other tool that has been helpful for me this last year and a half or so is to let meditation looks how, look however it looks that day. Mm-hmm. And I often hear and I've heard myself say um, that I can't meditate. But what if we can? What if trying is right and perfect? What if the try is the meditation? I had a really set way of what I thought that it was supposed to be in my head, like that's how it had to be or it wasn't a meditation. And then over this last year and a half, I started relying on tools like in the Insight Timer and other guided meditations. And I would lay down and I would listen to meditations. This isn't good enough, Annie. 
is basically what my brain would say. This isn't count for what you have agreed to do. Anything that you do in meditation is perfect and God recognizes any of your efforts. And I would just listen to that every day because I needed to hear it and be like, oh, whatever my effort is, that is so great because really what I'm trying to do with meditation like Lindsay was sharing and I had been talking about having this track record and then Ella was sharing about actually having it be about integration. Like I'm not doing it. Hopefully my deep under motive isn't so that I look a certain way to myself, but so that I am making this connection that's really important to me, me just surrendering this time each day and whatever form it looks like. And so I had to get some compassion for myself to be mm. like, wow, you're so rigid in this thing that's supposed to be this like spiritual enterprise or this spiritual attempt and you're grading it and judging it. What if you could just be really gentle and just the doing it is the thing. Thank you for reminding yourself and us and everyone who's listening that right effort doesn't conform to our judgments. You know, it's like just just doing it is the thing. It doesn't matter what it feels like or what we think about it. And there's this story I heard once about Suzuki Roshi, who is the founder of temples where I practiced Zen. And he was using archery as an example. And he was drawing this distinction between missing the mark and making the mark. The only difference between missing the mark and making the mark is that you make the mark. If you shoot a bunch of arrows out and they land in places where you're like, that's not right. There's literally no difference between the effort and missing the mark and making the mark. And so any effort you make, what if you could congratulate yourself for meditation when it felt meh or whatever, the same way we do when we have like 45 consecutive days on insight time. I have three right now, so I'm a little yes, having my own experience. Clearly, above you. <laughs> I was just thinking about how our attempts make up our life mm -hmm. and we could let our judgments make up our life or we could just see and begin with our attempts and let that be enough. If only. So relaxing to I my know. insides right now. I yeah. I hope I will listen. What about you, Lindsay? What are your tools? Well, I thought that I would finish this up with an actual small meditation. Thank goodness. Like a real tool, not just me crying <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> or me trying to process the thing that happened right before we started All recording. tools. All tools, all welcome, all useful. I just wanted to talk a little bit about belly breathing. Mm. And what that means is when we do the unthinkable and we let our bellies out with deep breathing. It's always good to shift around too when knowing that you're about to meditate. Because, you know, we want to we wanna definitely not be uncomfortable because we're about to get real uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so when we belly breathe, we let our bellies out as much as we can. And we don't raise the chest and we breathe from the diaphragm. So we're all just going to put our hands on our bellies and we're going to practice what it feels like and put one hand on your chest just so that you can make sure that when you're doing this, your belly is coming out and not your chest. So you're actually going to have to really put you're going to have to really think about actually breathing through your belly. So let's do a big one. Let's start with the belly and let's breathe in. And if you feel your chest come out, that's okay. And then let's try again to breathe in the belly. And let it out. Let's do one more. Oh, we're starting to learn how to do that now. That's good. 
Now, as we again continue to just deep belly breathing, what we're going to do is we are going to, when we breathe in, we're going to know that we're breathing in. We're just going to really focus on breathing in. And when we're breathing out, know that we're breathing out. Let's breathe in and know that we're breathing in for three. Deep belly rest and breathe out for six. Know you're breathing out. Again, in deep belly breathing for three. And out for six. Know you're breathing out. Again. And that's what we do. Notice the mind. Notice the thoughts as they form. Notice the next thought that forms due to the previous thought. And then just go back to your breathing. Deep belly breaths, knowing that when you're breathing in, you're breathing in. Know that when you're breathing out, you're breathing out. Notice the thoughts. Notice the thoughts that come after the thoughts because of the thoughts and go back to your breath. Deep belly breathing. Find the silent space in between breaths and rest. Here in the silence, between the thoughts, we can always rest. And we're going to come out of it. And I just want to say what a beautiful, intimate journey of the mind. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing so generously. Mm. So great to practice. Just like any kind of practice, it's just our attempts. We didn't show up ready to practice and just know it all already. We don't have to here. Please get in touch. This is y'all's part. Anybody else want to talk? We're in meditative bliss right now, so I don't think we can. Golden honey. I experienced the golden honey just now, and it was good. Oh, my God. It It works. (laughs) Come by our website, prettyspiritualpodcast.com. I want to say that if you're like a WordPress developer, (laughs) holler at me on our Gmail account. But what I meant to say is check out all our awesome tools on our tools page. Say hi using our contact page. Like us on whatever platform you're listening to. and Or in your heart. Or in your heart. That counts too. If you listen on any platform and you love us, why don't you subscribe and leave us a review so other people can find us if that feels good or if you want to. Only if you want to. That's right. If it's easy and fun. Thank you all so very much. I can't wait until next week. Oh, and this is the part where I get to excite and titillate you about what Here we're talking about next. the titillation. Mm, prepare yourselves. I hope you're sitting down. Next week, we're going to be talking about intuition. Ooh. I knew it all along. I know. Yeah. I knew <laughs> it. Not fair. <laughs> Bye. Love you.